Wake up, wake up, fam, bam. It's your girl, Jess. Yes, Jess, be real, and welcome to Jess Be Real Podcast. Thanks for kicking it with me today, but before anything, let's get real. Just Be Real Podcast is a podcast that strives and will succeed in bringing you great conversation, great content, and most of all, talking about that amazingly great culture. Yes, our culture, the black culture. I'm here for the people. I'm here to talk about the things everybody don't want to talk about. I'm here to keep it uncut, unraw, and brutally honest. I mean, it is called Just Be Real. So let's just be real. So, for our first episode titled, Don't Doubt a Queen, we're pretty much, I'm going to be talking about stuff that encounters or comes around the part of us black women that we get slept on on a regular basis. Why of us black women are we always boxed into a corner or got to be in one certain area of whatever we do? That makes no sense. So, we're going to talk about our black sheroes. Yes. That is our conversation. We won't be boxed in, but how do we get to this evolution? So we're going to have it with our dopest and the realest, Chanel. Let's get it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we got one of the realest, which is what we're going to call our special guest here, um, Be Real Fan Bam. Uh, Chanel Dillon's on the line with us for this podcast for this first episode. Thank you so much, Chanel, for rocking with me today. You are appreciated. You know, she's my soror, my sands, you know, spring 11 tings. Um, she's multifaceted. She's in law enforcement, an entrepreneur. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, Chanel, tell us, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself outside of what I just gave them, a little, little synopsis. First of all, thank you just for having me on your first You know, she automatically a hustler because she a New Yorker, too. So you already know how we do the Empire State. We about that money, money, money. Exactly. Always. You always find the hustle. You can't wait for the money to come. You got to go get that money. Exactly. All right. So today's topic for our first episode is don't doubt a queen. So that for me is major. I felt like that was the first way to come out strong and kick off this podcast, given everything going on right now with the pandemic. Yeah, it's a little, you know, it's crazy, but a lot of us on the front lines are African-American that are putting ourselves out there. And a lot of us are actual females that are doing the daggone thing. Right. So, you know, I know because you being in law enforcement, you're pretty much essential as well. So you you don't get no days off and get quarantined like people like me who got the desk jobs that's at home working. So you got to go in on them front lines. So given that that's something that you know you have and you being essential and, you know, I want to first kick it off with black women evolution. So, you know, basically we started off being part of the women's, you know, suffrage movement, women's civil rights movement and women's rights movement. And for us, it was more so like in the early 1800s when that started. But, you know, we both know for sure who was on the scene in 1913 on that women's suffrage march, making stuff happen. But, you know, originally wasn't incorporated or included for us. So the pioneer, Susan B. Anthony. And of course, you had Ida B. Wells. So in your mind, when it comes to women's rights versus civil rights, what do you feel? Do you feel we have to choose between the two or can we just fight one battle? Because I had mentioned that we always get boxed in. 
So we always got to get labeled and boxed in. And it's never nothing where we could be multifaceted as you are to just step out and just not be able to just do one thing at once. We can always do many things. And I call that a Shiro. And uh, Selena Johnson just released a song called Shiro. And I thought that was perfect to go ahead and have playing in the background for us. But what do you feel? Do you feel we have to choose between the two? Because, you know, those both kind of were going on at the same time a little bit, the way they were preceded. So how are you feeling with that? Um, I honestly don't think that we have to choose between the two, but I honestly believe that we have to stand firm in what we're speaking about. Um, it's, it, it's, it's easy to fight for both women's rights and uh, civil rights, being an African-American female, but you also have to not let people deter you from understanding and realizing that civil rights is just as important as women's rights. And that goes back to, like you said, me being in law enforcement and me being African-American. When all of this stuff happened about Black Lives Matters and uh, people, uh, our law enforcement officers killing black people, everybody wanted me to pick a side. And I'm not going to pick a side. I've told people several times I'm not going to pick a side because this is the uh, career that I chose to go into. And I'm also African-American, and I see it from both angles. I can see why some things happen the way they happen with people who are not in law enforcement. Right. And then I can see it on my culture and my history of why these things happen and what we're going through and why these things shouldn't happen. So just like that, I don't feel like we have to take a side in women's rights or civil rights. We can fight for both, but we have to stand firm in what we're speaking about. We can't be flip-flopping. That's what people expect, and that's what people hear sometimes is that, oh, we can't fight for both, we can't do this, but you really can, but you have to be dead, or you have to be standing firm in what you're talking about. And that also, I feel, comes back to knowing your culture, too, because I feel like if you know your culture, everybody, you know, some of us, you know, have mixed heritage, mixed ethnicities, ethnicities. I can't talk today. So, like, sometimes we have, like, okay, you know, Jamaican, that's, that's, that's your set, that's your culture, that's your tribe, that's what you're rocking with. But also with you being Jamaican, you still black American, so which you gotta you gotta play on both sides. You just can't be, you know, striding the fence and going for one and not going for the other to rep your set. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta be consistent. So with that being said and consistency, and you know, Ida B. Wells was the person who was the pioneer who created the NAACP, given right. she made that pavement and set the stone for a lot of influential black women we have, you know, today, especially in the politics area, like Shirley Chisholm. Soledad O'Brien, you know, uh, Dorothy Irene Height, Michelle Obama, Rosa Parks, Angela Davis, Ruby Bridges, you know, just to give a few names. Right. Um, as we already mentioned, we're both in Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. And, you know, that's heavy in politics as well because it's also a business. Right. And it's an essential business as well because our platform and what we stand for is pretty much for the people. Exactly. So what do you feel, you know, with D9 mainly focusing on the four sororities that of the D9, which are the ones that, you know, a.k.a. Delta, Eshi, Rose, Zeta, what do you feel that plays a big part when it comes to women and politics and how we're able to maneuver to get our voice across? Um, like I said, the sorority is essential. Uh, the sorority was created for, for the community. It was created for sisterhood. It was created for scholarship. It was created for service. So, and being that you know, it's created for service, we have a platform that has to be heard. And we have a platform that is expected to be heard. So it's all good, fine, and dandy to, you know, have the nice letters, have the nice mail you, have the parties, have the trolling, have the big events. But when it comes down to service, they expect us to have service. So like you said, 
when the organization was created, they was fight they was fighting for civil rights too back then. You know what I'm saying? They was fighting for women's rights back then. Hence why why the organization was created so that our women our women can voices can't be heard. So the question one more time. Oh, so do you feel, how do you feel how influential, with that being said, how influential is it for us to band together as women and as black queens to go ahead and make sure that we're using our platforms in a proper way to get our message across so that we know to come together as a community instead of trying to, you know, diverge apart? Oh, we have to. We have to stick together. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a thought. We have to stick together because there's too many forces against us. And if we go against us, and that's how a lot of people play, play against us. Because they see us fighting with each other, who, you know, this person getting this like, and you mad at this person because they getting this like, so you mad at this person because they doing this or doing that, and that's how they try to band us against each other all day, every day. So we have to stick together. We don't have a choice but to stick together and do what's right, not only for women, not only for African Americans, but just just for us. Period. We have to stick together. It's very essential and important that we do stick together because if we don't, then they're going to continue to bring us down, and that's how they get in our heads. That's how they get in our heads, and that's how they get us to go one side and not the other side or play against each other. You know how we used to do in high school. Your friends be like, oh, I, you don't like her, so... I don't like her neither. Right. So I don't like her, so you don't like her either. Nah, that's not how it works. You have to stick together. There's a lot of queens out there doing big things, and even though they might be doing the same thing that you're doing, you can still... There's room for everybody. There's room for everybody at the top. You can still support and you always have to support. I feel like that's, that's our main downfall, that we don't support each other. I think that's major, and I think you brought up a key point with support. That's a major key word, because, like you said, a lot of us are out here, we're not being boxed in. Like, the stereotype they expect us to do as us being black women is to just, you know, okay, you're going to be a black woman, you have to just focus on your career. Because, you know, like, back in the 1950s, 60s, Black women, you're supposed to be in the kitchen, you're supposed to be in the house, wash the kids, clean the clothes, you're supposed to take care of home and be domestic. It wasn't, it was frowned upon to step outside of that role and that character. And if you did, it was kind of like, well, you kind of a little bit, you know, you're not being submissive. You're not letting your man, you know, hold, you know, hold their own. But at the same token, I think a lot of people still have that mindset because they're not, they're not trying to move with, you know, the only thing they always say is the only the constant thing that's going to ever be permanent is change. So not everything's going to be how it was back then, and especially with the world we live in now with the LGBTQ, you know, rights and privileges. And, you know, it's not going to be the traditional household every time. Right. You're right. You're very, you're very, you're very right on that. Tradition is not something that we can uphold anymore. And it's sad to say, but I feel like people have to create their own traditions. And like you said, Back in the day, it's expected for a woman to be submissive. It's expected for a woman to wash clothes, iron clothes, make sure the kids are taken care of while the husband goes out and puts the food on the table and brings the money into the household. That's not how it is today. Although some people still believe it should be that way, but that's not how it is. And I never grew up in that type of household. I grew up in a household where both of my parents worked, um, and both of them did what they had to do for the family. So if my mom was at work, my dad made sure there was food on the table, made sure that we did our home, made sure we did our homework and everything else, and vice versa. If my mom, if my dad was at work, my mom made sure we did that. My mom was a traveler, so she traveled most of the time. You know, at, when she had her own business, she traveled most of the time. So it was just me and my me and my pops. And the same thing with my my dad back in New York. He was he worked two jobs. Ever since he came to this country, he worked two jobs. So it was my stepmom, and she worked. So my grandmother would take care of us throughout the day while they were both at work. 
So it was never, I've never had that traditional, well, mama got to stay home. And right. Make sure the food was on the table. You know, my dad, my dad worked two jobs and my mom worked, but she would come home and make sure that food was on the table though. So her day wouldn't end to like 10, 11 o'clock just to get back up at five or six o'clock and she ran her own business at that too. So. Now, do you feel because you just mentioned that your dad, when he came to this country, do you feel like being somebody from a different, from a foreign country and having the, because you know, everybody has their own culture and beliefs in their country. As they're coming to America, everybody's here for the American dream. So pretty much we're a big old melting pot, which is expected. But do you feel like your culture and your background also played a big role in who you are today to be able to branch out and not feel like you have to conform to just one set track? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was, my dad. My dad always had, was, well, I won't even say my dad, but my mom, so my American culture and my Jamaican culture always showed that you have to have multiple sources of income. You can't just rely on your standard source of income. My dad had the same two jobs for the past 30 years. He recently just quit one of those jobs, but he's been, he's been a bank manager at Apple Bank for 30 plus years, you feel me? Wow. So, and, and he worked at a Covenant House in Manhattan for 30 plus years as well. So he had both, he had both of those jobs. He held down both of those jobs and he did other little things on the side to bring in income. And the same thing with my mom. My mom, you know, sells, is doing Mary Kay for 20 plus years. And she was a pair, she was a lawyer at um, Exxon Mobil, one of the- Wow. So she quit that to be, to do Mary Kay. So, but she's always been a hustler. We always had, she's always had multiple streams of income and that's what she's always taught me. And that's what they, I'm sorry, but that's what all of them have taught me, that they have multiple streams of income. So, yeah, you just got, you just got to, my culture plays a big part of who I am. Definitely. So you just don't, you can't subject yourself, which is, which is major, because now that we're on the topic of culture, um, we already know I'm a big 80s, 90s buff, period. That's, that's my, that's my, those are my errors, errors. I feel, still feel I was born in the right state, wrong error. I, I didn't get to enjoy the 90s. I was born in the 90s, but it's okay. Um. We know there were a lot of women in hip hop who played major roles and uh, took a political stance um, for our culture. Um, mainly Roxanne Chante, 14, busting it out with rhymes, battling grown men, just knocking them out the water. Then you have people like MC Light, Queen Latifah, just to name a couple of people. And like, so in that era, within the 80s and 90s, since it was such a powerful message and it was put through music. And let's also remind you people that in the 80s and 90s, it was okay to be clothed and not have to expose but so much and just let your words do the talking and your body wasn't the focus. Do you feel that that's more of a distraction now to politics and how we're able to pay attention and how we subject ourselves sometimes to a box? Like, okay, well, I'm a rapper, but I'm a rapper about this money and hoes and shit because you know why? At the end of the day, that's what these niggas is rapping about. No, these niggas rap about it and it's okay, but it's a double standard. So then again, what are you doing? Putting a black woman in a box again. We don't like being caged. My angel said it best. I don't know why the cage bird sings, but y'all cage us up. We're going to find a way to break out. So how do you feel now we don't have that? I feel like we don't have that type of culture as much anymore. I mean, you have Rhapsody, you have Saw Rock, but then you also got Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, and I'm not bagging them on what they do because what they do, I, I respect your hustle. But at the same token, it's like, we got so much versatility, and it's like, well, Rhapsody got this powerful message, but she's not as seen, but Cardi B get all the praise, and it's like, well, these are the same people like, well, then you need to cover yourself. Okay, so what, so what we doing? You know what I'm saying? So, boom, okay. It's simple. 
it's not a hard formula. It's not it's not hard to figure out. Sex sells. That's it. People like Rhapsody, people like um, Shyrock, um, then you got people like, like you said, back in, his, back in time, Queen Latifah, you got MC Light, my computer's back in You got MC Light and all of that. They, they knew their purpose. They knew that, hey, I don't care what I have to do. I'm not going to subject myself. I'm not going to wear these skimpy clothes. I just want to get this message heard. Right. right. And so when they go with that mindset and they have that confidence, they are unstoppable because it is a whole different era that they're trying to. It's a whole different image that they're trying to create. Right. Now, when you have Cardi B, you have Nicki Minaj, you have these hardcore female rappers and they're going off a base of sex sales. Yes, they're talented. But like you said, what's the what's the message? What's the message? What I feel like it gets lost in translation sometimes. Yeah, we get now. I can see. Okay, Cardi B. I can understand your story behind. I can understand your story behind your music. Right. I got that. Right. Right. Understand that you were struggling. You came from the strip club, and you people took you as a joke. Da 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 da. da but you want you had a proof, uh, a point to prove. And so, I get that. And you did it. You proved your point. You came up. I get that. But in your music. What are you telling me? You, you're telling me the same thing, that you was in a strip club and you got bands and da 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 That's right. what you're telling me. But now when you have other people, like you said, like rap, these people are giving out messages that have effect on us today. Facts. going through today. Like, Facts. Like, what's the going through today? And they're still, they might not get as much praise as, they, as Cardi B gets, but they're getting praise from people whose ears are listening, who people who have a genuine ear for music and me how I put this. Who have a genuine ear for? I feel like people who are aware, who are aware. That was a be real bomb right there, Chanel. You just dropped a be real bomb right there. That was that was heavy. That was real heavy. But now you're right because like even back in the day, you have okay. So for instance, Queen Latifah and MC Light, well known household names, pioneers for a lot of rap today, like Nicki and the rest of them, and they're so versed in in media as a whole, flavor unit productions. You're an MC. You're a philanthropist. You're a talk show host. Same for MC Light, out here killing the game. But they started off with hip hop. But the thing what I love though back in that day is there was a message, but there was also collaboration. So there was so much unity. Like you had Queen Latifah, Moni Love with Ladies First. That was a jam and it was an anthem. And to this day, that song holds so much merit and people respect it so much. Like you get collaborations you do today too, but it's like again, what are you trying to tell me in translation? What's the message you sending me? Yeah, y'all both on the track together, 
But if y'all all both talking about shaking ass getting bands, what what am, how was that helping educate me to fulfill myself as a female to empower myself to be like, yo, I don't have to, I don't have you don't have to always subject yourself to that. You could do something right. different. What else is in what else you gonna give me in a message? Yeah, we can come together. Like, I will say this for a fact, Beyonce and Meg the Stallion, that new remix on Savage Remix, the message. It was a message before, but the message to see two black women on top of their game come together and just blow it out the water and be like, yo, this is an anthem from all my thick sisters. Like, if you ain't, you ain't got to hop to put jeans on, baby, you don't feel my pain. I felt that. I felt that. Because I'm a big, you know, I'm okay. I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? But, like, not saying that it was, like, something just to be sexual, but it's in a way of saying, like, yo, my, my, my ancestors gave me these hips. And because my ancestors gave me this hip and gave me this body and blessed me to be so curvaceous, I'm not going to sit here and deter myself to conform to your mold of, of Western Hemisphere and philosophies. I'm going to let y'all know if y'all can't jump to put y'all jeans on, y'all don't feel my pain, which means you don't feel my pain as a black woman. You don't feel my pain being plus size. You don't feel my pain not being able to be a size two because you got, but don't don't You know what I'm saying? You got a little bit, you got that, you got the fatty. You know what I'm saying? But it's like a message. It's like, you know what I'm saying? When you're aware, like you said, it's a subject, it's subjective. When you're aware, the lyrics just don't say more. It says more to you than what, you know what I'm saying? It's like a double induendo. It says more than what they're just saying. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. And I just felt like, you know, in today's hip hop culture, and the main thing about female rappers is they want to be better than Nicki Minaj. That's the thing. Because for, us, for a long point in time, there was no other female rapper but Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj held the game down for a long time because, you know, we had we had the absence of Remy Ma. And like I said, I say it all the time, and it's not just because Remy Ma is from New York, but I say this all the time. If Remy Ma didn't have her little situation, there would not be a Nicki Minaj, okay? That's that's how I feel. That's, that's just and guess what? I agree because I'm a Remy fan. I love Remy, and it's not because she's from New York, and it's not because she's from the Bronx. Right. Because even though she could have, she was in, you know, locked behind bars, whatever, and she was still probably listening to music, and Papoose had helped her, you know, kept her up to date, but still she lost how the hip-hop game evolved. And she lost out on eight years, and eight years, Nicki took advantage. That's saying, almost a whole decade. A lot. Great. But Nicki, and also, a good thing about Nicki is, Nicki is versatile. This is true. Nikki is very versatile. Shorty doing voiceovers and cartoons right now. Like, what? Right. She's very versatile. She can do pop. She can do hardcore rap. She can do mainstream rap. She can do a lot. But, it, it, you know, I don't say she puts her body out there like that, but she did. Back in the day when she was doing battle rap, Nicki Minaj was fine back then. She was, the way she was back in the day when she first came out, 16, queen, underground, battle rap, she was perfect. She didn't have to go and do all of this. But again, that's what media wanted her to do. Right. That's what, you know. It's packaging. That's what it was going to sell. They wanted. That's what, that's what they felt that they needed. I'm going to say this and then we can go to another topic. But just like on that Love and Hip Hop episode where Fresh was trying to get the new girl to sign to her. Sign to her. Oh, and yeah. made a valid point. Her main thing was, I want to do my music. I want people to hear my music. But Fresh was so on getting her to change her body first then to put out her music. He wanted to spend bands on fixing her body first versus putting bands on getting her in the studio and doing music. 
And so that's what deterred her from him. But like I said, that's what the media wants. That's what some of these producers feel like they have to do first. I need a hot chick with a banging body who's going to show off her body, and then she can come back and spit this flow. And, that's when, and a lot of people are not trying to do that right now. They're trying to bring a point, just like Rafferty. Rafferty, I, when, you saw, when you went to her concert, I saw the picture she had on all clothes. She was covered, covered. She's Tomboy Fly. If y'all don't know who Rhapsody is, which y'all should know if y'all follow me, because y'all know how much I love her. Rhapsody's a artist out of North Carolina. Dope, dope female artist. A lyricist, I'm going to say. Lyricist, because her lyrics, her, her play, wordplay, something crazy. Check her out, though. But she just had a tour. A black woman created this tour, and it was ill. Um, I, I even got a chance to listen to Sarok, which is another one, S-A-R-O-C dope another dope female artist but the message was that like the whole concert she's the reason why a song Aaliyah what was the issue when Aaliyah was alive it used to be Tommy Boy Tommy Boy Fly like it was okay to wear clothes and have a little maybe a little bit of skin here and there but to it was more so your message was your focus so if y'all haven't heard Rhapsody check her out her album Eve man best album Good album. And speaking of Rhapsody, Queen Latifah actually was on that album with rap, and she said she looks up to her and admires her for her her consistency and the way she rhymes. So now that we're jumping into that and collaborations, we all, if you have, if you, first of all, I'm going to broke your black card if you ain't watched last week for Jill Scott versus Erica Badu, which really wasn't even a versus battle. It was a vibe. It was a vibe. It was just a vibe of two black queens coming together to break down a stereotype. And I was here for all three hours of that joint. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It was monumental, especially with this pandemic. You're, it's a moment where you can be like, yo, now where was you at when uh, Jill and uh, Jill Scott and Erica Badu battled off? I was tuned in. I was tuned in. It was, a, it, was a, it was a whole vibe. It was a vibe. Even... Like you said, it was about collaboration. It was it wasn't a battle of who had the hottest clothes or who had the dopest song because even, you know, Erica was like, Hey Jill, play that song that I wrote for you that I was gonna keep for myself, but you know, I felt like you would do it better. And even when Erica dropped off, Jill came in with the stage and continued to play the song, you know, like it was just a vibe. It wasn't about who had the best lyrics or who had the best beat. It was a whole vibe. But that comes back to your point of support. Yeah, you have you have to support each other. It doesn't matter. Like for example, okay, so boom, you know, I just started the little the little sneaker joint, whatever, whatever. And I see there's plenty of people out there doing the same exact thing, but I'm gonna shout them out too. It's the whole vibe. It's about it's about support. Just because I'm doing it doesn't mean that you can't do it either because the way you do it might not be the way I do it. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So and the way I do it might not be the way you do it. You have to support one another. I don't care if I don't care how many eyelash companies is coming out there, how many hair companies is coming out there, if that is what God intended you to do, if that's what you feel your purpose is, if you and him have discussed that and that's your purpose, you have to put that effort forth. Don't sit on your gifts, man. And that was crazy how you said that. And like my daily devotion for that day was that exact same thing. Oh, yeah. That was deep. And then you know where I got that from? I got that from the Jill versus Erica Badu battle. Because Jill, when that whole little technical difficulty difficulty was going on and Erica had dashed off for a second, she was like, at that point, when you hold on to your gifts and you don't share your gifts with the world, you're now holding on to something that no longer belongs to you. Because you're pretty much taking away what you pretty much were blessed to use to educate, enlighten, and spread to everybody else. And that's selfish. 
Yeah, right. So there's somebody out there that is waiting for you to pursue your gifts and pursue your purpose so that they can step into their purpose and step into their gifts. And that's how you always look at it. So, yeah, most definitely, I agree with you. And that's, and again, Jill and Erica, yes, they're both artists, but again, don't doubt a queen. Multifaceted. They're not in just one avenue. They're in so many lanes. Acting. They both can act. They asses off. Erica, what? Jill? Jill's freaking resume with acting, especially in Why Did I Get Married? And the way she is in Black Lightning as Eve? I was about to say that. I was about to say that. I love Jill and Why Did I Get Married, but her acting in Black Lightning, and Black Lightning, if y'all don't know about it, is a car, uh, pretty much a Marvel-based character, Black Lightning, um, that's on CW, where it has, like, Nafisa Williams uh, and a couple others, China McLean, and it's a Black family that has supernatural powers. So dope. But Jill's in that, and she plays the baddest bitch ever in that joint. But her acting is so top-notch, you really be feeling it like, damn, sis, you just vicious. Like, you, you a savage for real. Yo, but again, like, and that, and that's another another mold to show. Like, we don't have to box ourselves in queens. We don't have to. Don't let them doubt you on your abilities. You have to continue to do what you do. And even if somebody else is doing it, so what? You got to do it in your special way. So don't let that discourage you. And that's what I think a lot of people do. They let the fact that they see this hairline is coming out, or this person got more likes than she do, and this, that, and the other, and they let it discourage them. Like, you can't let that discourage you. You got to keep focused. Stay on the path that God has for you. Because what's meant for you is meant for you, and ain't nobody going to block that blessing but you. You're going you gonna to be the only one getting your own way. And that's it. So, and then now, to try not to go off to that. Women today, with our versatility, especially with our melanin, sometimes can be a threat. So, it's hard for a lot of black females, and it's crazy because I've seen one of my uh, my homegirls post on her IG story. A lot of black women who are successful are single. And that rung a bell with me. I'm like, yo, when she think about it, they really technically are single, and a lot of them are not married, or they've been through transitions of different relationships where maybe it might be their third marriage, their second marriage, their fourth marriage, because they are pretty much a renaissance woman. So a renaissance woman is pretty much somebody who is multifaceted, can do many things, is a jack-of-all-trades, as a, as a powerful female. And I feel like as a black woman, you do that automatically because we never catch a break. We're always at the bottom of the total pole. But I feel like a renaissance woman is something where we're not appreciated as much for what we do. Like how you said your mom would go be traveling, still come home, have not get home till 11 o'clock, and then wake back up at 5 a.m. to do it all over again. That's not no easy task as a mom. That's only one of your hats as a mom. Then you already just was finishing being an entrepreneur, making your money for Mary Kay, and you still got to be a friend, a sister, a daughter, a cousin. You still got to wear all these hats. But I feel like it, sometimes it intimidates your partner, and I'm not going to say husband, but it intimidates males, and sometimes it intimidates your partner when you're a renaissance woman. And I personally feel this because they don't have the same ambition to want to go out for the gusto. Like, for me, I'm a Virgo. And I know if I'm pushing, I'm pushing you to be the best you can be. You're going to say you think it's nagging, but I bet you're going to have your shit together messing around with me, though, because I'm not going to let you just fall to the wayside. If I see that potential and I know what you're capable of, why are we going to sit on this and just let it let, let it go to waste? That's right. dumb. That's dumb. But it's like a renaissance woman. What do you in your mind, Chanel, feel a renaissance woman is? Well, I think that 
Uh, pretty much, pretty much what you say. You know, it's a woman that has a, it's a jack of all trades. You feel me? That that can that can go to school, that can work a, a, a I'm gonna say a nine to five, that can handle their business and and still be able to hold down certain other aspects and still be able to have a social life, still be able to have a dating life, um, and things like that. But I feel like let's go back to what you said that it said that most successful women are are single I, and. Do I feel like that is true? Yes, to an extent it is true. But I won't say it's true because that your partner can't handle what you have to do. Sometimes success requires a lot of your time. So there is mm-hmm. no there is no room for distractions. Mm-hmm. And if you're a person who is focused and if you're a person who is particular about the things that you do and making sure that every uh, I is dotted and every T is crossed, then you're not going to have room for distraction. And, and some relationships can be distracted. You know what I'm saying? Depending on what type of partner that you have. You might have a partner who requires a lot of attention. You might have a, a partner whose schedule is hectic as well along with your schedule. So if y'all don't find a good meeting spot or a good central, you know, location or whatever you want to call it, then it's not going to work. And some people, even though they're successful, time management is a big thing. Always. And if you cannot manage your time, whether it's home, whether it's work, whether it's gym, Whatever it is, you can't manage your time. It's going to always feel like you're running. And it's going to always feel like you're not Ooh, catching up. And you're going to run out of gas. Oh, that. So, like you said, a renaissance woman is somebody who can do any, that can do a lot, who has a lot of a lot of hats they can take on, they can take off. Somebody who is doing, like, not in a box, who is doing more than one thing. And I feel like we have a lot of them today. So, who is who's somebody that you probably look up to as a renaissance woman in today's society? Um, when it comes to a woman that's melanated and educated. Melanated and educated and... and educated don't mean you got to have a degree. This means like you, you aware, you're self-aware, you're conscious of what's going on. You, you're doing the right thing, like Spike. Renaissance woman. That's a, that's a hard, that's a hard, that's a hard ordeal. But, um, if I can say one person, ooh. I know there's so many. There are a lot. But we know who my favorite Renaissance woman is. Period. B. Simone, Braylon Simone Greenfield is. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. Bruh. Um, That's the manifest queen, period. Yeah. I mean, I would say I would say her. Her. I look up I look up to her. She did what she did. But I would say uh Super Sam as well. Okay. Why? Um I feel like Super is First, she killed the game when she did her million and ninety minutes. You know, she killed the game. Um, and on top of that, she she's the definition of support. Mm. She put people on. You get what I'm saying? Her friends that was on with her when she was when she was nobody, she put them on. You get what I'm saying? She even put her father on that she really didn't bang with like that. So you know, she helped her father out. Feel me, and she still supported her man and what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? And right. she supported everybody else what they was doing. There was plenty of other people that's doing makeup and everything else. And she was creative. That crayon case thing is creative. Yeah, that's why it's different. Like she got stuff. what is it? Like she got the what called erasers? They're erasers, but they really face makeup wipes or something. Yeah, like joining it's it's hands down creative, and no matter what, she didn't change for nobody. You feel know what I'm saying? She she stayed the same. In my eyes, she stayed the same because as I was looking back on some of the stuff that she did years ago, 
and how she acted years ago. That's the same exact way she acts now. Right. Changed who she was. And she's open about a lot of her stuff. You know what I'm saying? She's very uh, transparent with a lot of the things that she do and a lot of things that she go, that goes on in her life. So I feel like that was key. That was key. I feel like she, she's a good renaissance woman. B. Simone is a good renaissance woman. I say be Simone, and it's big for me, maybe because she's about to, she's just turned 30, and we're both 90s babies, so to actually have somebody that you see that's in your age bracket and your peer, elevate like that, like, Shorty made a million dollars by her 30th birthday, and it's not the fact that she made it because she was like, oh, that's, you know, that's just one goal. She grind and hustle, like, that's another thing, too. We make a lot of things where we plan to start things, but we don't try to manifest them. And we try to get in our own heads and we don't think logically we can do it or set away like how are we going to get to this goal? How are we going to manifest this? How are we going to do this, that, and the third thing? But we have the idea, but then we let fear take over our faith. And then at the end of the day, that's when we just back up like, oh, I don't want to be bothered. But that's because Beast Mode, even on her products, on her products, she has faith over fear. I love that. I love how even though she's elevated as a renaissance woman, she never forgets her roots and where she came from. Like, her father's a pastor, but she knows she was grounded in the church, and she knows all things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's something that she knows as a woman. And even Proverbs 31.30, pride is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And B. Simone is reaping exactly what she put out in the atmosphere. And you can't you can't do nothing but respect it, no matter if you don't like how it's Instagram taking over for social media and making, you know, comedians out of this, or how quick social media is doing this, but it's like, you don't know what impact. And then she's taking and bringing her family with her. Her little cousin she put on. Her sister, she let them, you know what I'm saying, be out there. She put mad people in position. So she's like, I'm just the face. We all in this together. And I love that about her. And she's so freaking supportive. I love that about her. So she's definitely, to me, one of the Renaissance women. Another one for me as well, which we all know too, is Selena Johnson. Right. I love her. Selena's a mother, a TV host. First of all, Selena's been in the game for a minute, a good minute. And All Falls Down wasn't the first stage of everything, but that's kind of what got her recognition. But her being on Sister Circle, and that's a show, uh, loved it. Because seeing four black women sit at a table together and just have a discussion about our culture and about us, and it's focused on us and pertains to us and how we can elevate and educate was amazing. It's sad that they canceled that show, but it's like we need more stuff like that because that shows how you can't doubt a queen. That just shows what it looks like when we band together, queens, and we sit on our thrones together. The shine is crazy. Like what I had even I have a, I heard from one a song before. Throw confetti instead of shade. Let it shine. All right. That's good. That's good. Let it shine. Because knocking another sister down ain't going to help you get to your next level. It's going to probably knock you some pegs back. But Selena has always been humble, has always been a go-getter, has always, you know what I'm saying? Being a mom of a child with special needs, as well as, you know, having a husband that was in the NBA and still maintaining humility in all the transitions, even on R&B Divas. Selena was one of them, like, I said what I said, you're going to take what I said, and I ain't going to take back what I said because I meant what I said. But she was always about support. She was always about uplifting my fellow sisters. And to this day, she's still like that. And she's reaping the benefits of all the hard work and genuine love she put out into the atmosphere for her fellow, her tribe, her sisters, her people. That's major to me. So I love, I love Selena. I love B. Simone. I love Super too. Super's another one who's out here doing a yeah. daggone thing. Yeah, Super's doing it. I like. I, I mean, you mentioned three. You mentioned good people. There's plenty of more. I can't come off the top of my head, but Word. plenty of more that's out there doing the same thing, and and they doing right. They doing right by us. But we, we just don't get noticed. We 
We're so underappreciated. And then, like, we can go back to the whole fact of image, appearance. Kardashians. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Fox Soul with Claudia Jordan, but they all come together for cocktails. Her, Vivica Fox, Linda Johnson, all come together, and they had a conversation on their first episode about how the Kardashians pretty much are the fill mold of how everybody want to get their body. And you, everybody knows Lisa Ray been a sex symbol. That she could talk about it because she came in the, in, the, in a game where you had to work to get your body. You wasn't paying for work. You had to put in the work. And she still puts in the work to this day where she can speak on it. People like her, Melissa Ford. There's a few others out there who can speak on that type of topic. But she's like, I don't want to look like them. And now it's to the point where you even got people like her like, well, shoot, maybe I, I'm not going to doubt myself. But I know I'm natural. And I know I got to maintain myself. But I'm not going to conform because that's what the world wants you to think. But then again, they're copycatting our mold because Sarah Bartman was a slave that was put in the circus. Because she had a big, a fat ass and and a big chest, and to the west, to whites, it was like, oh, we ain't never seen this before. She's she's not normal, like, and they pretty much have her body cast and her skeleton in a museum in in, in France. But it's like to see go from that where you're pretty much chastised for being a woman with figure to now it's like you got people trying to mimic it. It's crazy because like even Amanda said, I I don't know why you wouldn't have a problem with people trying to have all your rhythm without understanding your blues. You want to look like us, but you don't want to take on the, the nonsense that come with it. People with the whole Amari Arbery, people turn off their comments that's people, uh, that are people down for the culture or down with us. You turn off your comments for what? Take the backlash. Be a real advocate. Stand up. Speak up. Don't try to hide because people like Amanda Seals getting that on a regular basis. And she's right. still not letting nobody deter her from it. Right. So it's like, why do we want to look like the Kardashians? Okay. With that type of drama and those type of issues, we would be chastised. We would be We're degrading the culture. But just because these people have money, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not for the Kardashians. I'm not for them. I've never been for them. And it's crazy how, and I won't even say all the Kardashians because I don't believe Courtney, Courtney doesn't fit into that mold. Yeah. It's more so Chloe and, and, and Kim. And yeah, I just I, I don't I don't like the Kardashians. But like you said, they, 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 they took they took, you know, what we got naturally from our ancestors and they went to uh, a person who is skilled in making them look like that and it's okay. And people look up to that. And that's fine. If that's what you look up to, if that's your that's what you admire, that is cool. Yeah, that's not me. I, I don't do carbon copies. I'm okay with being an original. Exactly. You just gotta be natural, be yourself. Be, it's okay to want to better yourself, and it's okay to have you want want you to have like you know, a, you know, a big butt or whatever you want to have, or if you want to have a slim waist, that is fine and dandy. And if you even if you want to go and pay for it, that is fine and dandy. You can do that, but just don't advertise it like that's the only thing that has. You Thank you, and that's where the issue comes in, because I've always been a girl who's had was bottom heavy. I've always had a big butt and I used to be teased and was ashamed by it growing up because it's just like, 
well, it was like bubble butt. Like, oh my gosh, it's an issue. But now it's the same butt. Everybody like, oh yo, she got it. Oh, that's what's. Oh yo, just got the fat. Oh, so now it's now it's okay that I have it. But when we was in school, you was making fun of making fun of Shorty. It's it's a it's a culture thing. It's a it's a how culture evolved. And I wouldn't say. I mean, some people, yeah. Back in the day, it wasn't cool to be dark skinned. So you know. Like, I, I was picked on and teased on because I was dark skinned back in school. True. But now, everybody wants to be chocolate. So, that just gave me the jiggaboo and wannabes from school days. Just had a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> so, everybody wants to have dark skin or, or wants to be chocolate or whatever the case may be. So, it's, I think it's the way culture evolves, it's the way the world evolves. You know, the things that weren't in back in the day are in now. You hear what I'm saying? Right. So, it, it's just something like that. But, the Kardashians—they make my skin itch. <laughs> I think they make a lot of people's skin crawl because they yeah. just—they want to be a part of our culture so bad to the point they'll even go and have babies by black men. But that's another topic for another podcast episode. We're not right. gonna get into that one right now. Right. But besides the point, Chanel, you work for law enforcement, and like you right. said, you're an entrepreneur. Do you feel like it's hard for you to be seen and heard in your line of work at the same time, trying to spread yourself into different avenues? Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. I'm always, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that. It's just that, um, like I said, we don't get we don't get enough credit, no matter where no matter where we work at. Uh, like I said, I'm in law enforcement. And you you just don't get enough credit. Um, I've had situations where I'm always depicted as the empty black woman if I want to stand up. Oh, cause you say so, something. But let so, Becky say it. It's okay. If I, if I say something, and if I say something to a coworker or whatever the case may be. It's always depicted like I'm the only black woman. All right, but if uh, somebody else has to say it, it's not, you know, it's not an issue. So, if I mean, it, it, you do, in some instances, yes. It's not, it doesn't happen all the time. I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't happen all the time. It happens all the time. For instance, a downfall in the community and in, in a lot of work that I do. But it happens. It mm-hmm. happens. And, and does it make me feel some type of way? Yeah, it makes me feel some type of way. It makes me. Some days I want to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm over it. You know, I don't want to do this no more. And then I realized, like, nah, this is my purpose. I gotta stay. I gotta stay steadfast. I gotta, I gotta continue to do what I'm, what I'm here to do. I have a job to do. Um, I have. I, this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I can't let nobody deter me because that's what they want. Yeah. People. They want to see you fail. People try to push their buttons to, you know, see how you're gonna react. And so now that I've had this happen to me several times, I learn how to control my reactions. I learn how to control my response to certain things. Some things I don't respond to. Or if something happens and I'm I'm on the job and somebody is doing something that I don't like or says something to me that I don't like, I just pull out my Bible and I scrape you to the right. Look at you blessed and highly favored. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I have to do now. In order to not, I'm not giving nobody a reason to, to make that assumption about me. BBB, be blessed, beloved. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm here for that movement. I'm not giving nobody no more reason before. It's like, yeah, we got to stand up for ourselves. We have to fight back. You know, we have to make it known. But in doing all of that, it's only giving them the response that they want. So I just don't. I just don't anymore. So do how do you feel that you can play? So given that you did say that you're you're not appreciated as much in in your role in your line of work. How do you feel you can be a person to be an advocate or be a person of that pillar of change to kind of make that change that perspective? Um, 
if even if you have, but say even if you have the option to do so, you just have to continue to do what you're called to do. That's how I look at it. Even though it, you might go unappreciated, somebody else might get the credit of something that you did. You have to continue to do what God calls you to do because at the end of the day, your purpose of your promotion doesn't come from man. It comes from God. Whoop, be better preach. That's, that's Take it. us to church on this good Sunday. So you don't you, you don't have to worry about being promoted within the people or getting your praises from the people. Because at the end of the day, you know what you did. You know you, you, you did what you was called to do. So in due time, your promotion will come. In due time. I, I definitely agree with that. So given we did start off with the evolution of, you know, a black queen. If Ida B. Wells was alive today, and how would you think she would feel with the progression of the movement she started back in the 1800s? Ah, I don't know. I, 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 I think that she, she would be, she would be. I feel like she'd be slightly disappointed, just a little bit. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. I was trying to put that word together. I feel like she would be a little bit disappointed, but in a, but overall, I feel like she would notice the progress that has been made. Because at the end of the day, not all of this falls back on us. <laughs> Moment. Falls back on us. There's a lot of people who are influential people who have done what they needed to do and stood their ground, stood their ground, and and worked hard for what was right and got us different things and. We, we, we've achieved a lot, but some things have been stopped and we had no power over it. You get what I'm saying? Right. This thing just did not have power over this thing that we could just not, that was just out of our control. So yes, in a sense, she would be a little, dis- little bit disappointed for, you know, how some of us have grown up to act and how some of us act in certain situations and things like that. But overall, I think she would be proud. I think she would be proud of the progress that was made. You know I feel you. Women are getting, women are getting a lot more, uh, a lot more um, respect in politics. Yes. Um, we are. We're getting a lot more positions as CEOs and things like that in companies. And mayors like Sora Keisha Bottoms. Right, right, right. Like I said, like like you said, um, we're getting like we're, we're going up the, the the ranks in the military. Oh yeah. Um, Going up the ranks in law enforcement as well. There's a lot of black African American females. I mean, there are a lot of African attorney general. Yes. Another Delta, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I think she would be proud. I think she would be very proud. I think we have we 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 we've made progression. Um. We still, I feel like we still got a long haul, but I feel like we're we're we farther than where from where we were. We have a lot more to go. Um, especially because we can't fix each other's crowns sometimes without people getting offended. So we gotta, we gotta try to stop skating around like yo says. Your crown falling, there's no need for it to fall, but I'm here to to help pick it up. Let me, let me alter for you. It may let it tilt, but don't let it fall. Like we, we going to justice. And if you need some support, lean on me. You know what I'm saying? Because in the Jewish community, they do it. They let that use each other as stepping stones to do what they got to do and they come together. So why, as black queens, can't we not just say, oh, hey, girl, like I meant to say, yes, polka dots. Okay, polka dots. Because, you know, we don't tell, you know, we don't. Yes, now with your glasses. Yes, with the fitted. 
you know what that means. We got our own call. You basically already know what I'm saying. Like, yo, that's dope. Like, you looking fly today. But in so many words. Some people who can't do that. And I don't understand why. I mean, she's not bothering you, you're not bothering her. You're simply giving another queen a compliment of what they got going on. It, it takes zero effort. It takes zero money. It takes zero effort to uplift somebody. Zero. If we all come together and start uplifting each other, you will see how the world would shift. You will see how things would shift and how things will work in our favor. You just got to treat others like you want to be treated. It's the golden rule. And we fall enough for that golden rule. All right. So in our last Be Real Bomb, do you have a last be real bomb for us for, you know, not to doubt a queen? Oh, not to doubt a queen, man. Like you said, never doubt a queen. We've always been as God created us to be the helpmate. God created us to be the beauty of this world. So we have to continue to uphold that. We have to continue to grow with one another. We have to continue to support one another. And we have to continue to come together and make progress towards the common goal. And the common goal is to be heard. We got to be heard, and we can only be heard if we're heard together. So we got to stand for us, man. We just got to. Never doubt a queen. You can never doubt us because you don't know what's going to come from us. Never do know what we got up our sleeves because we're household names and models out here. Well, Chanel... Chanel, you don't know how much I appreciate you for rocking with me this evening, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming through. I appreciate you giving us some light. Of course. Appreciate you for having me. Can't wait till, you know, we get back on this sneaky chat, you know? You already know. But for the rest of y'all out there that's been tuned in with us, thank you for rocking with us. And as I always say on air, let's be real. For y'all that came out, appreciate you. Thanks for rocking with us today on Don't Doubt a Queen. Until next time, keep it real, keep it true, and only authentically be you.